focus this morning for a few minutes from this subject, love is enduring. Love is enduring. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how long can you last with me? I want to start by saying this. The course and quality of our life is not just determined by who we are. It is equally impacted by who we are with. The course and quality of our life is not just determined by who we are. It is equally impacted by who we are with. I am suggesting that we do not go as far as our dreams. We go in life as far as our dreams. Told me to leave you hanging. One of the major differences, ladies and gentlemen, between us and God is that God is self-sufficient. And we are not. God needs nothing from nobody. Everything he needs, he can get within himself. He is self-sufficient. But we are not God. That is why when God created Adam, God said it is not good for man to be alone. Now, my question from that statement is, how can Adam be alone if God is there? It is as if God is saying, Adam, you need someone besides me to become who I've called you to become. And I am suggesting that for me to be the best me I can be, I need someone besides me. Touch somebody around you and tell them, Stop being a loner. Stop being a loner. All right, grab your neighbor hand, shake it real good, and say, you need me. You need me. I need you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sad part is you only shook the hand of the person you came with, but that ain't the only person you need. God help me. You need some other people besides that to become who God has called you to be. You need me. I need you. We need each other. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse number 17, look what the Bible says. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. To sharpen means to improve and to enhance. So the scripture is suggesting, ladies and gentlemen, that how sharp I am is based on who I'm rubbing up against. Y'all ain't with me this morning. And the question becomes, are the people I'm rubbing shoulders with making me more dull or making me sharper? Because the course, I said it already, and quality of our life is not just determined by who we are. It is equally impacted by who we are with. Oh, God, some of you don't realize that you got some negative people around you that have created this context in your own brain that makes you think that you got to look at life a certain way. But when you get around the right folk, they'll sharpen you in places that you thought you could never be sharpened in. Honey, I don't need somebody that's going to make me dull. I need somebody that's going to push me to be better. God, I don't need somebody that's going to allow me to be who I am and who I've always been. The devil is a liar. I want to make sure I'm around some people that when I try to live less than, they pull me up and say, you better than that. Come on, is there anybody in here that say, I want to make sure I'm around people that make me sharper and not duller. This is why, this is why one of the most consequential and critical decisions we will ever make is determining not just who we can be with, but who we can build with. 
miss what I just said. One of the most critical and consequential decisions you can ever make is determining not just who you can be with, but who you can build with. Because I've discovered you can be with a lot of people and never be able to build with none of them. God help me. But I want to make sure you got some people around you that can, that's, watch this, you got to have people around you that's good at what you're not. God help me. See, that's why, that's why, watch this, that's why insecure people can't handle gifted people. Because when you are insecure, other people's gifts intimidate you. But when you know who you are and you can stand flat-footed and know that who God made me, I'm okay with. I ain't good at everything yet. I'm not good at everything. You might be good at it and I might not, but that's why I got you in my life. So that you can be good at what I'm not. So I could be better. And is there anybody in here that say God surround me with people that's good at what I'm not so I can become better at who I am oh y'all ain't still with me is there anybody in here that say when I'm strong uh, and you're weak I'm gonna be strength for you and when I'm weak I need you to be strength for me I need people around me that I could build this life with I don't need you to just take up space I don't need you to just occupy my residence I don't need you to sleep in the bed next to me I need something greater than that I need somebody that could build something with is there anybody in here that say let me get around some people that five years from now we are a whole lot better than we are right now let me get around some people that ten years from now honey we ain't only out of debt we cashing checks is there anybody in here that say I want to be around somebody that God is going somewhere that's why I ain't got time just to have another friend That's why I ain't got time to just sit on the phone for hours on end. (laughs) Because I'm trying to build something. This is why love has to endure all things. Because there is a persistence to love even through the tough times. The Greek word perseveres right here that we just read. uh, uh, Always perseveres. Carries the idea of remaining and enduring. It means that love don't just quit. Love, just don't give up. Love, last. Let's make it last. That's why some people who are no longer in your life, you still love them. I'm going to talk to this side because y'all didn't like what I just said, but it's the truth. That's why some people who are no longer in your life, you still love. You might not be in love with them, but even if they are gone, the love stays. Why? Because love lasts. Ooh, I don't understand why I'm not over the, the breakup, because love lasts. I don't understand why I've not moved on, because love lasts. Ooh. Here's a prophetic word for some of you. Some of you need to break up with people you never dated. Because your love is lasting beyond a non-existent commitment. Look at your neighbor and say, love lasts. Love lasts. Because the enduring love is not a fleeting romance or a fading feeling. Instead, godly love always perseveres. During the good times, love is there. And during the bad times, love just won't quit. 
When money runs out, love is still there. When storms of life come, love becomes thy shelter. God help me. Is there anybody in here that know anything about love? Because that's what God did. That's what God love did for us. God love endured when it kept loving us through the challenges and the difficulties that we put God through. But God love still remains steadfast. Is there anybody in here that say God had to love me through some difficult seasons of my life? God had to love me even in my disobedience. God had to love me even in my mistakes. God had to love me even through my attitude. God had to love me even when I wouldn't give him the praise and wouldn't give him the glory. But he kept on loving me in spite of myself. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. The enduring kind of love. Paul puts it like this in Romans 8 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither present nor the future nor any powers neither height or depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because love perseveres. God had to love me when I was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. God had to love me when I was jacked up, messed up, but he kept on loving me in spite of myself. You don't know when to shout. You want to shout over a house and a car, but is there anybody in here that can shout that God loved you even when you were unlovable, that God cared about you even when you didn't care about him, that God never turned his back on you even while you turned your back on him? And is there anybody in here that can take a pause for the cause and give God just about five seconds of praise that his love kept loving you even in the midst of how crazy you and I was acting and this enduring love this persevering love is why let's, let's have real talk just for a minute I'm almost done is why it's hard for some of you to love because you know can I talk just about five of y'all just for a quick minute I'm exclude some of y'all when I'm, what I'm getting ready to say but some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about because you know that your love is loyal let me just talk to about, about 10 of y'all in here that know what I just said. It, it, it's hard for you to love in the first place because you have experienced and you have discovered that your love is loyal. If I love you, I love you to the end. God help me. That's why the enemy works so hard for, you, for your heart to be broken because he knows that when you love, it's a love that is faithful and committed through the worst of times. When I love you, you can do wrong, but I can't stop loving you. When I love you, you make me, might make me angry, but you might not speak to me, but I still love you in spite of how you acted. Is there anybody in here that know that kind of love? Ah, oh, sometimes you get mad at yourself because you say, how can I be be that loyal and how can I keep loving them with all the foolishness that they throwing at me but is there anybody in here that has discovered that God gave you kind of love that's loyal to the end if you rob a bank honey I might be in the car with you because I love you just that much y'all don't y'all ain't with me y'all ain't got no ride or dies in here uh, I'm the loyal kind of love that when you laid up in the hospital and nasty stuff is coming out your body I'll hold the trash can right in front of you because my love is loyal I'll be with you through the thick and through the Ten, whether we up or whether we down whether we got money or whether we broke whether we went to uh, Ruth Chris or we just ate some beans and weenies my love is loyal if we sitting on a floor mattress come on my love is loyal if the lights about to get to turn off we'll light a candle because my love is loyal and God is saying you got to protect that because I'm not want you to lose that I want you to keep that kind of love because love perseveres I know this hard for some of y'all because we got fair weather love now. 
we got the kind of love that says, as long as you make me happy, I'll keep on loving you. As long as you do what I want you to do. Come on, you controlling spirit. Yes, you up in here right now. Talking about you love them. You don't love them. You control them. Uh-huh. Because if they ever stop doing what you are uh, making all your requests be known, if they if, if they stop being your little genie in a bottle and they start doing, stop doing what you want them to do, will you still love them? Then you want to step back and tell myself, oh, they changed. No, they ain't changed. They just grew up back and realized that they couldn't be walked on anymore. But when you when people are changing, you still love them even through the changes that they go through because you look at them and you say there's something in you that's worth loving and is there anybody in here that say that's how God looked at me he looked at me one day and said there's something in her that's worth loving there's something in him that's worth loving there's something about them that I have to go to Calvary's Hill to die for them there's something about her that even though she messed up I'm still gonna bless her is there anybody in here that can give God just a little bit of praise because you serve a God that loved you and Spider, you. That's why you're still in church. Giving God praise. Giving God the worship. Because your love for God is so loyal that when life is not working out the way you thought, you still give God his love. Tired, but I'm coming to church. Don't feel good, but I'm still going to praise them. Folks in the church working my nerves, but I didn't come for them anyway. I came to shower my love on him. I came to tell the Lord how good he's been to me. I came to tell the Lord how much I love him. I came to tell the Lord how much I care for him. I don't know what you came for, but is there anybody in here that just want to take a minute and tell the Lord, I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my soul. I love you with everything inside of me. I love you because you first loved me. Is there anybody in here that want to take a little bit of time? I know you want your blessing. But it's, can you just take a minute and throw your hands up and tell the Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my mind. I love you with all my soul. I love you with everything inside of me. I love you ah, to the mountain high. I love you to the valley low. I love you if I ain't got no money. I love you if I'm still sick. I love you if I ain't got nobody else. I still love you. Somebody lift your hands and tell the Lord, I love you. And Jesus is the greatest model of enduring love. Search the whole scripture. Jesus is the greatest model of enduring love. John 13, verse number one. Look what the Bible says. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Watch this. Look what this, this, this thing messed me up. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Look at somebody say, if you're going to love me, love me to the end. Thank you. That was the wrong neighbor. Look at the neighbor on the other side and say, if you're going to love me, love me to the end. Because mm. love perseveres in the midst of difficulty and challenge. You don't believe me. Let's, let's, let's walk the Bible just for a minute. Let's just walk the Bible for a minute. Jesus was betrayed by his disciple. He was abandoned by his followers. He was falsely accused and rejected, but he still loved them to the end. 
He was scourged with a thong, with thongs of leather, with, with a piece, pieces of metal and sheep bones that were fastened to the end of them. That when they whipped him, it cut into his skin and ripped the skin off of him. But he loved him to the end. God help me. You still ain't with me. He carried the cross on his back, stumbling all the way until a black man by the name of Simon of Cyrene was ordered to carry the cross part of the way. But he loved them until the end. He was nailed to the cross with iron spikes seven inches long but in his hands and in his feet. But the Bible says he would not come down because he loved them to the end. He was lifted up and dropped into the place of the cross. And blood came dripping down from the cross that from his last lacerated and blooded back but the Bible says he loved them to the end oh, he had to push up against the nails just to lift up long enough to take a breath because he was almost out of breath but the Bible says he would not die until he did what he came to do because he loved them to the end he was piercing his side and blood and water came out blood for my salvation and water for my sanctification oh, but he loved them to the end he died until the sun refused to shine I feel like preaching now he died until the moon turned red. He died until the earth began to shake. He died until the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom. He died. But you know what? He loved them to the end. They took his body. Y'all still ain't with me. Wrapped it up and put it in Joseph's new tomb. Oh, but he didn't get up then because he loved them to the end. According to Peter, the body was reposed in sleep, but the spirit of my God went down into the spirit world, held a revival and preached to the spirits that were in prison. Because you know what? He loved them to the end. Then he got news it was the third day and it was a time to resurrect. But the devil tried to stop him and demons tried to block him. But the Bible says he rendered them helpless and made a show of them openly. And Jesus came out the grave with all power in his hand because he loved them until the end. Is there anybody in here that can give Jesus a little bit of praise because he loved you to the end? High five your neighbor, say he loved me to the end. Ah, don't deserve it, but he loved me to the end. Keep, keep on making mistakes, but he still loved me to the end. I know you want to praise him for a new job. I know you want to praise him for a house, but can somebody just take a little bit of praise and give Jesus the praise like you know he loved you to the end. Here's what we got to understand about love. Here we go. Love. Come on, let's go. Is it on now? My next point? There we go. Love has no feelings, but it has a behavior. I said love has no feelings, but it has a behavior. Stop telling me you love me, but the behavior don't match. The words that's coming out your mouth. Because love has no feelings, y'all. It has a behavior. I got some parents in here with teenagers and grown children that can tell you sometimes you got to love that joker. Even when the feelings run out. Okay, can I talk to some real parents in here that's ever had your heart broken by your child and they looked at you square in your face and dared you to say something back to them and you had to keep on loving them in spite of how they acted? Because love has no feelings. 
but it has a behavior. What's the behavior? So glad you asked me. You know what the behavior of love is? The behavior of love, here we go, anticipates the need. It anticipates what you need when you need it and sometimes before. It's like when they put gas in that car and you didn't even ask them to do it. Just do something for you, don't it? Just like the text message that just said, I'm just thinking of you. I ain't want nothing. It just do something to you. Because it anticipates the need. In other words, if they ain't anticipating the need, ain't no love. <clears throat> okay. So my question became, let me, let me write, let me, let me go. I'm done. Here we go. Um, come on, let's go. How to endure. I'm gonna teach you how to endure. You're gonna love to the end. You're gonna endure. I want to tell you how to endure <clears throat> to the end. This works in relationships. This works in your life. This works in friendships. This works in anything. How to endure to the end. Here's number one. Write this down. Number one, you got to see adversity as advancement. You got to see adversity as advancement. You got to see adversity in your relationships as advancement. When love endures all things, the perspective on trial is that adversity allows me to learn more about the person I love. Adversity teaches me what hurts them. Adversity teaches me, here we go, what triggers them. Adversity teaches me about their past pain. Because if we struggle together, somebody say together. It allows us to grow in advance in who we are individually and collectively at the same time. That's why Psalms 119 verse number 71 says, It was good for me that I be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. I'm here to let you know affliction is a teacher. <laughs> I said affliction is a teacher. I said, affliction is a teacher. You'll be broke long enough, you'll realize how to save a dollar. <laughs> Let your heart get broken enough, you'll learn how to say no. Ooh, I felt a no right there in my spirit. Is there anybody in here that had to learn the hard way how to say no? That you used to say yes to everything, anything they wanted, everything they asked. You said yes all the time. But after affliction, it had to teach you sometimes when I love you, I have to say no to you. Is there anybody in here that learned that trials taught me that how to get in God's face and pray? Uh, aggravation taught me how to depend on God in the midst of what I'm dealing with. So when I didn't have the patience on how to deal with people, adversity taught me how to be patient. That's the only way you didn't get fired off that job because when that co-worker, that boss was working your last nerve, adversity was teaching you how to be still and know that I am God. And is there anybody in there say, I thank God that adversity taught me some stuff. Uh, anytime you see a fool, it's somebody that ain't learned from the adversity. But is there anybody in there say, I only got to go through the test one time and I learned my lesson. I learned how to throw my hands up and say, yes Lord, not my will, but your will be done. going to endure, you got to see adversity as advancement. Here's number two. Number two is, 
you got to work your wisdom. If you're going to endure, you got to work your wisdom. Okay. Um, I'm getting ready to say a statement that I need you to hear me very carefully. And I'm going to argue this real quick, but I need you to hear this. Watch this. Um, you don't survive any relationship because you're good at it. You, people of God, survive the relationship because God is good at it and he can tell you what to do. Okay, so some of y'all didn't get that. Let me rewind that just one more, one more again until that light come on. Um, you will not survive any relationship because you're good at it. Touch your neighbor say, because you're not, you're not, you're not. You sweet and all, but no. You nice, but mm-mm. You're going to do something. I said, you're going to do something. <laughs> I said, you're going to do something. I got a self-righteous spirit right over here in this. Uh-huh. You're going to do something. So it's not because you're good at the relationship, people of God. You will survive because God is good at it, and he can tell you what to do. James 1 and 5 says, here we go, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. He working my nerves. No. God, teach me. Give me wisdom. This is the one you have assigned to me. Show me how to deal with them. Show me how to help them. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Here go wisdom. Teach me when to close my mouth. Can we talk, Jennifer? Because I ain't got no real people in here. They don't want to be honest as if they, they, keep, they keep all their words in check all the time and they don't let little things slip out like me and you do. But every now and again, me and you say some stuff that we shouldn't be saying and, and we have to go back and get it together because that, that mouth, I'm saved, but I don't know about this mouth. I mean, I, I, I'm redeemed, but I don't know about this mouth. I'm being sanctified, but this mouth, I'm trying to keep God away from the sanctification when it comes to my mouth because my mouth is my ammunition to let you know how I really feel. And God says, sometimes wisdom will teach you to keep your mouth closed. Don't come in the house after he done worked and she done worked all day talking about I got an issue and I got a problem. No, run them a bath water. Run a little bathtub. Uh-huh. Get some bubbles going. Uh-huh. Let them relax a little bit. And in the middle of them relax and say, I just wanted to um, bring something by you. Uh, I just wanted to bring something to your attention. Uh-huh. Why? Because now you done got the wisdom on how to deal with them. You don't want nobody dealing with you after you done had a hard day and a bad day. And you want to bring up 17 issues from five days ago. The devil is a liar. You got to ask God, give me wisdom on how to respond. Give me wisdom on what I need to say. Give me wisdom when to hold them close. Give me wisdom on the right words to say to them because I don't need to say the wrong thing to put them back, back in their childhood and think that I'm their mama trying to say something to them. The devil is a liar. Somebody lift your hands and tell the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom on how to be a good wife. Give me wisdom on how to be a good husband. Give me wisdom on how to be a good friend. Give me wisdom on how to be a good co-worker. Give me wisdom. Number one, see adversity as advancement. Number two, work your wisdom. Here's number three. Here we go. Humility will lead to longevity. Y'all ain't shouting. What's, what's up? What's wrong? We don't want to hear this. 
You didn't want to hear this this morning? You wanted to hear that God is going to make a way and it ain't he all right and, and spin around three times and, you know, you're going to make the enemy your footstool and every devil got to pay you back and, you know, everybody you dated going to hell and, you know, is that what you wanted to hear? Is that what you wanted to hear? Yeah. That's what you wanted to hear. But, but look down your road and say, but not today, not today, not today, not today. You got the wrong preacher in front of you. You got the wrong preacher because I didn't come to tickle your fancy. I came to tell you the truth because uh, I want you to be delivered. I want you to be healed. I want you to be set free from all the stuff that you believed all these years. Humility will lead to longevity. Humility. Do you know pride will ine inevitably lead to a withering of fruitfulness in a relationship? Pride. Pride. Because pride moves you to be selfish and not selfless. It's all about you. But when love perseveres, it perseveres through disappointment, trials, tests. Because, watch this, Humility, hear this, keeps the so soil of your heart fertile. I was talking to somebody the other day, and um, I said, um, I did something, and I apologized, and, um, and, and I was upset because I apologized, and they didn't acknowledge the apology. I told somebody, I said, I feel like I got punked. <laughs> Has anybody ever been there before? Where you put yourself out there, and when you put yourself out there, you don't get the response that you thought you was going to get? So I said, I got punked. And here come y'all Christians. She did the right thing. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to hear all that. Sometimes you just want people, I know you're right. I can't believe they did that. Um, but a company of fools suffers harm. <laughs> got to be careful who got your ear. Because sometimes you end up as foolish as they do. Mm. And I said, you know, I felt like I got punked. Because I put myself out there. And I didn't garner the response that I was looking for. God said to me, watch this. What was your reasoning for doing it? Was it to save face or was it to save the relationship? Because if you're just trying to save face, you'll say stuff like, well, if you feel as if I did something wrong, I apologize. you think I did something wrong, I'm sorry. I apologize. Touch your neighbor and say, keep that, keep that, keep that, keep that. Because humility, watch this, is not weakness. Humility is actually controlled strength. In other words, I could wipe you out right now. Kendrick, I, I, I could, I, 
I know me. And if I let loose one good time, I get you for the old and for the new. I ain't got no real people over here. I'm going to come back over here. Crystal, there are some times that I have to sit, tell the Lord, hold my mule. Because if I ever let loose like I want to, you wouldn't even think I was saved no more. Because even though I'm saved, I still got my degree in cussology. He working on me. God, I wish I had some honest people. I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just. And God checked me and said, well, if it was really humility, it would have never been about their response in the first place. If it was really, if you were really trying to live humbly before me, watch this, because pride comes before a fall. And God is saying, sometimes you got to learn how to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that I may exalt you in due time. See, God is saying, sometimes you got to learn how to shut your mouth. Sometimes you got to take the L. Sometimes you got to take the back seat and say, God, I'm going to trust you through this because if this is who you call me to, if these are the people that are supposed to be in my life, let me stay humble so that we can have longevity in this relationship. I need some people that's been married just a little bit of time that can tell you sometimes you just got to keep your mouth closed. Sometimes you just got to keep your comment to yourself because humility will make sure that you go through the rough and through the rigor of life, but you're going to hang on in there in spite of it. All right. Watch this. Here we go. Because here's what I've discovered. You ready for this? It's about for two of y'all. You really need to hear this. Because if it's real covenant, it ought to be, be able to recover from conflict. When it ain't covenant, it don't recover. But when it's real covenant, we fall out, but we're going to come back together again. You make me sick, but you're still my friend. God help me. And is there anybody in here that say, I want to make sure that I learn how to humble myself. Somebody lift your hands and tell the Lord, humble me all over again. Humble me all over again. Humble my mouth. Humble my motives. Humble how I feel about it. Humble me to the place that I bring you glory and all my relationships. I'm at my last point. I'm done. How do, how do you endure? Number one, you got to see adversity as advancement. Number two, you got to work your wisdom. Number three, humility will lead to longevity. But here's number four, and I'm done. Be mindful of the master plan. What we in this for? What we doing this for? Why are we together? Why are we friends? What's the master plan? What's the reason why we in covenant with one another? What is the purpose behind this? Because sometimes you got to remind yourself what the purpose was all about. We're going to hang in there together. We got to make sure we understand what the purpose is all about. Okay, come here, come here. I'm always using you on the spur of the moment. Come on, Abel. Thank you. Okay, come on, Lisa. Come on, I'm going to need you too. You're in the front row. Oh, my gosh. That's why they try to go to that second row because they know I'll come after them. All right, y'all stand, but they're going to move to that second row and that first row and the second table. Oh, amen. Come on, grab each other. Uh, right, uh, uh, right. Okay. If they friends, if they believe that God has called them together in covenant through a friendship, like you're just not taking up time. You're not just in my life. Watch this because you make me laugh. Because I can turn on Netflix and laugh. 
I need something deeper than that. But are you sharpening me? Are you making me stronger? Watch this. Every now and again, sometimes life has a way of trying to come in between you and you start pulling at each other. I'm right. No, you're right. I'm right. No, I'm right. I'm right. No, I'm right. I don't know why you don't see it like I see it. Well, I don't know why you don't see it like I see it. And you're in this tussle of wills. You have to make sure you understand the bigger picture of why you're even in my life. Because when I found you, I found you because, and you came in my life because there was something about you that made me a better person because you were there. Can I tell somebody, don't be in no relationship and friendship and hooking up with people that don't make you a better person. Not for where you are, but for where you going. God help me. I need some people to see the anointing that's on my life that's greater than where I am today. Yeah, I might be broke, busted, and disgusted today, but you see wealth all over me. You see prosperity all over me. You see, you see entrepreneurship all over me. So I'm hooked up with you because I'm going to make sure that I keep the bigger picture ahead of us. You going to stay married? You better keep that bigger picture. It's got to be more than just what happened in the bedroom. What's the bigger picture? That's why, watch this. We're moving away from this, but I need us to kind of return back to it in certain instances. I stayed because of the kids. Mm-hmm. We're going this, this right here. I stayed because of the children. Now, there's a difference between a toxic relationship and just a, seas- a relationship that's on in a season of hard times. Every relationship goes through a season of hard times. But is there toxi- toxicity in it? Because if it's toxic, you need to leave. Because toxic will then pass down to the next generation. And while you stay toxic and they stay toxic, now your children are going to be toxic as well. But let's say you just don't see eye to eye, and they get up under your skin, and they work your nerves. Oh, they will ner- work your nerves. I said they will work your See, this is what single people don't like to hear. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> they going to work your nerves. You going to think to yourself, why did your mama even get with your daddy? too honest for y'all. Y'all looking at me like, oh God, I can't believe he said that. Y'all ain't never had them kind of thoughts before? Well, pray for your pastor then. Pray for me because maybe I'm the demon. Maybe I'm the one that's off. Some people you meet, you curse the day that they mama met their daddy. Watch this. But humility says, I keep looking at the bigger picture. I'm in your life. You're in my life. Because there's a bigger plan and a bigger call. So watch this. What ends up happening is, here's how seasons work. There'll be a season, get in front, that your covenant partner is going to have to put their hands on your back and push you into your destiny. Watch this. Now you ain't going to like it. It's going to get on your nerves. Here we go. You ready for this? Why are you always bringing up that dream I told you about? That I ain't worked on. <laughs> Why you got something to say about that? That gets on my. Stop talking about that. 
But what was I in your life for? For you to stay the way that you are? You said God said. So I'm going to keep that in your face at all times. So I'm going to push you a little bit further because you ain't there yet. And watch this. And then seasons didn't change. Then all of a sudden, now, the other covenant partner need to be pushed a little bit. Watch this. Because you can't stay the way that you are. You can't get stagnant in that place that you're in. Watch this. So just push up a little bit. No, nah, you ain't going to stay in that relationship. Mm -mm. I, I see something in homeboy. So I'm going to let it be known what I see. You just don't want me to be happy. No, I want you to be whole. I want you to be healed. I want you to be better than where you are right now. So if you get mad because I push you a little bit and tell you that ain't for you and I don't see God in that, don't get mad at me because I'm trying to push you to where God wants you to be. Because it's the bigger picture. Let me help you real good and I'm done. I'm done. Let me help you real good. What you in freedom for? You ain't here for the bigger picture? Oh, I forgot. This is the only place that you got people that love you unconditionally. Because you mean and nasty at work. And you done fell out with all them friends. And it's the only place you can come in here and everybody got to love you just the way that you are. I need you to touch everybody down your row and tell them, but we're here for a bigger picture. Thank y'all. We're here for a bigger picture. We're here to make sure that you become everything that God said that you can become. We are here to push you into your next level in God. We are here to make sure that you don't stay stagnant in your faith. Get mad at me because I send you a message on Facebook talking about where you at. Get mad at me because somebody checking you and saying you need to be in church. The devil is a lie. We're just trying to push you into your destiny with God. And is there anybody here that can say, I'm glad every now and again I got some people around me that will push me, that can see the bigger picture, that can see there's more for my life, and that'll push me into my destiny, that can push me into where God wants me to be. In fact, in 2019, cut loose anybody that wants you to stay the way that you are. The devil is a liar. I'm getting ready to go higher. I'm getting ready to be who God created me to be and sometimes I need a little push. Push on your neighbor a little bit and say, become, become who God wants you to be. Push on them a little bit. Say, there's more in you. There's greater in you. There's more in you. There's greater in you. There's more in you. There's greater. Y'all too scared to push somebody? I say push them a little bit and say there's greater in you. Get up out this stupor that you in. Get up out this loathing that you in. Get up about feeling sorry for yourself. I'm going to push you until God wants you to be. That's how you endure. That's how you endure. Everybody said I'm done. How you endure. That's why you're in freedom. To get pushed. That's why you're in freedom, to get pushed. And you know what I've discovered? Pushing is not comfortable. Pushing will make you uncomfortable. But watch this. Church people, hear me. Hear your pastor. Stop creating the push to be a curse. You can't grow unless you're uncomfortable. God ain't going to grow you in comfort. He's going to make sure that your whole life is uncomfortable. Bible says as an eagle stirs its nest. You know why the eagle stirs its nest? Because the eagle don't want the baby to get comfortable being in this nest. You ready for this? 
And every now and again, look it up. The eagle will slap, push the baby completely out the nest. Boom. Watch this. And as awful as that, as that might, might sound, you know why? Because the eagle understands there's a bird that was not, you were not meant to stay in the nest. You were meant to fly. So every now and again, God got to push you and say, you better fly. Watch this. And some of you got pushed out the nest and you fell the whole way down. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know what you did? You climbed yourself right back up in that nest again. Here we go. And then God pushed you one more time and said, you better fly. Because I put an eagle in you, not an ostrich. You're too good at your legs. I need you to be good at your wings. That was good right there. Look at your neighbor and say, there's an eagle in you. Look at him and say, it's time to fly. There's an eagle in you. So God, I pray right now that your word falls on good ground. I pray that they understand that love endures all things. That they can't stop where they are. But they got to keep going. That they got to keep, keep pushing. Grab the hand of your neighbor. I want you to take the next 30 seconds and pray for your neighbor. I want you to pray, watch this, for the spirit of endurance. The race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one who endures to the end. I want you to pray right now that there is no give up in them. Ain't no quit in you. Ain't no quit in you. Ain't no quit in you. You will not give up. You will not throw in the towel. But love endures all things. You're going to endure this season. Yes, it is February and it seemed like you done went through hell already. But you're going to make it through this. God help me. You're going to make it through this. You, you will endure this season that you're in. Ain't no give up in you. So I speak to the eagle on the inside of you. Come alive. It's time to take flight. Come alive. It's time to spread your wings. You've mastered running. Now it's time to fly. And even though it might be scary, spread your wings and fly. There's more in you. There's greater in you. So we thank you now. And we bless your name. You know there's an eagle in you. I don't want you to clap. I want you to let go of your neighbor's hand and lift it up to God and tell God thank you for the endurance. I don't want you to clap. I want you to lift up your hand. Come on. I need you to say this out your mouth. I will make it. Mm, come on. I need you to say out your mouth, I am an overcomer. Come on, you've been through harder things than this. You've been through greater things through this. And the same God that brought you out that time is the same God that's going to bring you through this time. He has not given up on you, and you don't need to give up on yourself. This ain't no quitting time. This ain't no walking away time. Stand flat-footed and believe that God gave you the endurance to make it through this season. Hallelujah. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And we bless your name. And we bless your name. And we bless your name. 
you don't know Jesus for yourself, if you're unsure of your salvation, if you've never confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, my brother, my sister, this is your opportunity to surrender your life to the Lord. You can't fly without him. He is the one that gives you the power. He is the one that gives you the strength. He is the one that has called you. But all you got to do is surrender your life to him. This ain't about speaking in tongues. It ain't shouting, rolling in the floor. No, this is a decision you got to make. That I'm giving him my whole life. I'm giving him everything. I can't handle this on my own. I need God. He said, all you got to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart. And you shall be saved. So my brother, my sister, with every head, body, right, close. I don't need nobody looking around. This is between you and God. If you know you're not saved, unsure of your salvation, I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand saying, Pastor, it's me. I want to surrender my heart to the Lord. Secondly, if you need it, looking for a church home, there's no greater place than right here at Freedom. A place where you're going to get pushed into your destiny. A place where sometimes you'll be uncomfortable, but you'll sure be better. God wants you to be planted in the house of God. So if it's to join this church or to give your heart to the Lord, for whatever reason, I'm going to count three. I want you to lift up your hand saying, Pastor, it's me. I want to surrender my heart to the Lord on today. Or I want to join this church. Come on, let's think about it. One, God loves you, my brother. He loves you, my sister. Two, this is your day. This is your season. This is your time. Your life will never be the same after this decision right here. Come on, think about it. He's calling you. Here we go. I'm going to count to three. I need you to lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand if I'm talking to you. Lift your hand. I see your hand. I see one hand. I see two hands. I see three hands. Come on, is there another? I don't want to leave nobody behind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what I want.